0: Hey, everyone. Uh, Before we get started with the episode today, we just wanted to let you know, uh, we actually recorded this episode in advance. And so when we learned the news uh, of David Prowse passing, we were not able to include it uh, in the episode that you're about to listen to. But we wanted to say something uh, beforehand just because he was a a larger than life presence on Star Wars and with the Star Wars lore in general. And uh, Andrew and I just wanted to talk a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, certainly the the personification and the body of Darth Vader, um, and also probably the most interesting uh, sort of Star Wars cast member in terms of his relationship with Lucas, and you know, sort of his uh, blackballing in a sense toward you know throughout his career. Yeah, uh, just not able to be fully recognized uh after allegedly spoiling you know the big reveal in empire strikes back although according to gary kurtz uh, if you watch empire of dreams that's not actually true and if he knew that it was he literally was making a blind guess
0: oh my goodness <laughs> so, well i mean that's just who he was in general and when, let's let's not forget that this was also the original voice of darth vader yes mind you if you look in, up all the uh, original footage of him just speaking in a, in a large Scottish brogue Yes, or, I think it was
1: Scottish, but well, he's yeah. actually yeah, he's he's from Bristol in Britain, but he, he definitely had this very kind of colloquial sounding uh, voice that <laughs> you know. I think they made the right choice by going with James Earl Jones, but oh, for sure.
0: Uh, but I also, I mean, I also learned in in addition to James Earl Jones that uh, he chose to go uncredited because he thought David Prowse did an even better job embodying the character, literally. And I, uh, you know, I appreciate, mm, I think that's a very it yeah. was a very uh, noble thing to do in that in that sense.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And honestly, I think, you know, certainly we've seen other people try to don the Darth Vader costume. And I don't think it's ever worked the way that it did. Like that first time when you're watching A New Hope and you see this just behemoth of a man come through the door
2: <laughs> and he
0: takes up, he takes up a whole room exactly and especially you think about the aesthetic of the very first time you see him it's all it's an all-white hallway with all these white troopers and he's just a solid black flag- figure walking through the doorway i mean it, it sets such a tone that i mean it's to this day people are still trying to match in its you know it, and it's awesome it is awesomeness to yeah. use a weird word you know <laughs> no uh, I, it, I, it, it it's a terrific thing and, and also just the fact of the matter that he's he is the prototype Arch villain, evil villain. You know, every everyone stems to him. Everyone looks to him. You know, if we didn't have Vader, we wouldn't have people trying. You know, no one would know who like
3: Thanos and all this kind of stuff are. You know, that's <laughs> why well,
0: everyone was like, "Yeah, that Thanos is going to be just as big as Darth Vader." Blah blah blah. You know? Exactly. Yeah,
1: I think again, it's it's kind of this slight disconnect where it's like, you know, he's doing the performance, but it's not necessarily entirely his role. But you can't, you genuinely cannot name a more iconic villain. Ever, I I would yes. argue,
0: except for I don't know Hitler or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that now you're just going into you know uncharted territory. <laughs> Let's fair. bring it back to the outer room.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, I think certainly he. I mean, li- certainly a very robust and interesting life that he led. He was you know multi-time like British weightlifting champion.
0: Yeah, I actually I heard that he apparently helped uh, Christopher Reeves get shaped up for Superman. Is that exactly true? that is that's true. that's incredible? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's like, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. A larger than life personality. He was a big man to begin with. Yeah, exactly,
1: and also had you know roles in. He was in the original Casino Royale, like you know the kind of non-real James Bond movie that's where great. Sean Connery came back to play the role again after giving it up. And Ooh. he was in Clockwork Orange, he was in Jabberwocky, the uh Imani Python joint. Wow, yeah, so has, well, he you know, has a pretty, work. yeah, has a pretty eclectic uh collection of films that he appeared in.
0: Well, that's still pretty incredible, and I mean, it's and like I said, it, it's hard to pass up on just a, what he's done for Star Wars as a whole and who he's embodied, and you know, I know that. You know, he doesn't get nearly as much credit as he should. Um, I actually almost had a chance to meet him uh, years ago. And I'm, I'm sorry to say I never did get that chance. Yeah, he would always come to conventions, and everything like that. And he was very friendly with a lot of fans, too. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's just hard to hear another uh, giant of cinema is you know, is join the force at last, I guess you could say, to put it a yeah. little poetically. That's, that was beautiful.
1: It is yes. I mean, it's it is it's sobering just where we're at. You know, I, I I mean there's something about the Star Wars films that obviously are so that's so timeless. Um, mm-hmm. and so you never think of the people in those films as like getting older, but you know, we're we're basically in, in terms of the original trilogy, I mean,
0: there's a lot of people
1: gone at
0: this point. I know. And that's I mean, I mean, I mean that's that's it's it's becoming more true each day and I think it's it's more reason just to celebrate these films and enjoy the performances you know whether it be voice acting or actual live action um you know it's there's something to the people they choose and in the stories they tell and you know it's just something you got to remember and uh I, I, at, at that point i would just say you know rest in peace and uh you know our best well wishes with him and his family absolutely yeah but uh, you know, I'm sorry that, it, it, uh, you know, we had to bring such bad news before we started, you know, start an episode, but we felt it was important. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, I think without any further ado, uh, you know, hopefully you can enjoy the episode and uh, you know, just enjoy Star Wars for what it is. And uh, yeah, just have a good time. Exactly. Enjoy
1: yeah. the timelessness of it because time is fleeting.
0: Yes. But for now, enjoy the next episode of Greeter Shuffers. Thank you. Greet a shot first. Come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor OLED and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greet a shot first. So Andrew,
1: yes, Connor,
0: have you uh, been keeping up with squadrons lately?
1: Well, not as well as I would like to.
0: I admit. I know. I think I'm a little bit, uh, as the, as the cool kids say, I think I'm streets ahead of you guys when it comes <laughs> yes. to. Uh, Leveling up and everything. Yeah,
1: you've definitely put in the the most hours. I just... Can't find the time in the day. You know how it goes.
0: I know. And I'm probably going to have the most negative things to say about it, too, which is the most insane <laughs> thing. Yeah. But regardless, we'll get there. But they you know, they just released a new like update not too long ago.
1: Well, I've heard there's a new update, but I fully admit I don't know all of what's going into
0: it. So for right now, uh, they don't have any new starships, which they had promised there was going to be B-Wings and TIE Defenders, which is yes. uh, it's a big deal for a lot of people, me yes. included. Um, but for right now, they basically just have skins unlo- uh, unlocked. Uh, most notably for uh, the rebel side, you can get uh, the typho- uh, Typhoon Squadron skins, which is essentially like yellow and green, almost like uh, camo-esque oh, uh, nice. paint jobs for every ship, which it is nice. And then uh, the X-Wing has a, uh, a Luke's crashed Dagobah X-Wing look to it. It has like moss and everything covering the cockpit. Yeah, that's fun. That one I think is like the most unique out of you're definitely going to see set. all
1: these, like, level 87 people flying around with that. Oh, yeah. In, um, in it, no like
0: time. The best part about it is I remember that I had 1,200 glory, which is, like, the most you need for the most expensive items. And then I had bought something. I think I bought, like, a helmet for my tie guy. And maybe like the day or two after that that's when the update came out and i was like i could have gotten this i could have gotten that and everything like else because even like for the empire side they got two new pilots you can either be a a Pantoran or a a zeltron which like okay i mean this is probably going to go into my whole thing of squadrons and all this kind of stuff but like how does that how does that feed into the empire like being xenophobic to the point of not Enlisting aliens in the first place, yes. unless they're for the most menial jobs, yes. and now you're going to tell me you're giving a Pantoran a Tie Fighter position?
1: I like that it's a Pantoran and not like a Chiss.
0: Well, yes. Well, first of <laughs> all, Pantoran is way more uh, acceptable. Well, it's it's also within the core worlds and all that kind of sure, stuff. Sure, and it's it's more humanoid than most other alien aliens out there, right? That's but kind of my blue skin. That's yeah. That's my <laughs> summation of it, but I bet you anyone, I like could just, it everyone's just thinking it's, it's just, just, which, you know, it makes sense with Thrawn and that's a whole nother right. thing. I mean, if we're going to get tie defenders, then oh, we're going to get, we better get Thrawn. probably.
1: Yeah. Some, some tie-ins that way. And I mean, they already have like the Chimera is one of the, Oh my God. Yeah. You can get,
0: and, it. it is just, they're, they're teasing the heck out of it. And I hope they bring more down to it, you know, but, um, uh, Something more important is just boot everybody hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew, and we are here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And today, gang, we're back at it. We're still doing this review thing, and then we're doing it pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we're reviewing. Yeah, uh, I just
1: I listened to um, one of the episodes recently, and ooh. I was like, wow, we did a good job with that. <laughs> I'm well, proud of us. We're
0: just trying to keep it going on. So uh, today we are ep- uh, we are. Uh, reviewing episode 4 of season 2, chapter 12. So this is very confusing. Season 2, episode 4, chapter 12, simply titled The Siege.
1: Yes, the titles are a lot easier than the numbering, numbering system. systems yeah it's yes.
0: almost like you know putting the middle saga first and then releasing a prequel <laughs> saga before releasing your sequel and saga. then doing a
1: sequel saga but just, while you're doing the sequel saga you also release two movies that are considered prequels to the original saga
0: i know speaking of things out of place who Brian? would do that <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just teasing how are you buddy i'm
3: good how you been i've been excellent yeah how's the knob turning and everything going oh it's great you guys <laughs> sound fantastic
1: that's well, that's m- but the biggest part of what I was going to say is like we sound like we know what we're oh, doing yeah, now, yeah. which we I don't know if we actually good. know any more than we did before.
0: I mean, according to the test, it was all a fallacy in the first place. That's right. Uh, but what that the- test was flawed, <laughs> <laughs> as has been discussed. Your numbers are flawed now. Um, so, uh, without any further ado, maybe we could just get into it just real yes. quick uh, before we jump into it. Obvious spoilers ahead and all this kind of stuff, but just real quick. I very much enjoyed this episode just like the rest of the season uh, and uh, I have a I have a lot to say about it but I'll keep it as brief as I can Andrew? yeah
1: yeah I think as a as a no spoiler review I mean I feel like I saw some people saying oh this is kind of a filler episode a little bit yeah of just you know that diversion thing but I still think it was better in terms of the diversion aspects of it as compared to some other episodes right and i mean and i think actually there is a lot of story it's just it's they, not the story of season two
0: yeah it's i mean it well we'll get into it but i agree and brian
3: ditto <laughs> i'll keep it simple we'll All keep right. it moving
0: fair well enough. fair enough uh before we go any further last chance spoilers Three, here we go two,
1: two one. one spoilers andrew The siege. The Mandalorian rejoins old allies for a new mission.
0: (laughs) I love that they're just so simple. Yes, hilarity. Yeah, I mean that's
1: like the official description. If you go to like each episode, like that's where I'm pulling these from. Well, that's perfect. That's what we need. And that's that's
0: honestly what gets me engaged into the episodes too. Whenever I do look them up, it's just like, well, okay, that's not ambiguous whatsoever. Yes, you know. (laughs) Um,
1: This one is written by John Favreau.
0: And directed by none other than
1: Grief Karga himself, Carl Weathers.
0: Hmm. Oh, the big man. Yes. He's Paulo the, Creed himself. Yeah, Mr. Show. <laughs> I want you. Oh, my God. I, I, so it was nice realizing that he was the director of this episode. And like we're going to get into all the different... Points that we realize that he's the director of this episode, but like, I think my most notable point is the only reason he wanted to direct an episode in the first place was just so he could hold the baby. I think you so. know what I mean. Yes, is and that official? Has that has that statement <laughs> been made? I I I feel like someone else has said something along those lines, and I'm just kind of copying off of what they said. But I agree with it. Yeah. I feel like his sole purpose for being like, you know, I'm a director of sorts. You know, like just being like, <laughs> <laughs> just say, you know, it would be really more my character to hold the baby like if i had my chance with it like yes. that's kind of what he was at with it because i don't think he had a chance to hold it at all agreed uh, well no you know he did hold it uh towards like the end of the season one i guess like when he was like holding it and like they were doing their face off in like episode seven or whatever but regardless mm-hmm. yeah i don't know fair enough it was just fun to do that but yes. uh yeah. So
1: anyway, just to run through the cast here Ooh. for this episode, we got Pedro Pascal as Din Djarin, the Mandalorian himself, the mm-hmm. titular Mandalorian, as many people like to say. Mandu. Gina Carano is back as Cara Dune. Yeah. Carl Weathers is back as Grief Karga.
0: Double yeah. yeah.
1: Horatio Sands is back (laughs) as Mithril. That was a
0: surprise. They've been they've been knocking it out of the park when it comes to cameos this season too. Like even if it's just like I mean like he is a character in the show now, but all the same, I'm happy to see him back.
1: And then we have Omid Abtahi is back as Doctor Pershing. Oh yeah. Giancarlo Esposito is back as Moff Gideon. Yes. Daniel Negriti is the school kid. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: And Paul's son, Young Lee, is back as Car- Captain Carson Teva.
0: Nice. So uh, overall, like we were saying before, I, I agree that this was a bit of a filler episode, but in the best way possible. It filled in the story just that much more, and it yeah. opens up all these new avenues of where it can go. Right.
1: and And certainly, you know, in season two, the main plot point has just been that Mando is trying to return the child
0: to the Jedi and keep it from the empire. That's exactly. That's kind of what I've taken it from. Exactly.
1: But this kind of reminds us of what the story from season one was in terms of why the client was interested in the child,
0: why they had to, why they wanted him at all, just what they needed him for. Yes. So first of all, I, I, I know we want to go in order and everything like that. Let's just do that. I don't know. I, <laughs> Cause I feel like I, I, I have well, so many, I have so many talking points. I just don't know where I want to begin. So you might as well just start from the beginning, I guess. I don't sure. know. I'm yes. sorry.
1: I think the um, probably the most enjoyable cold open that we've had so far.
0: Very adorable. Very uh, baby Groot esque yes. uh, is what I've seen it related to. Yes. The red uh, wire. It's yeah. where it goes where the blue wire was. It's yes. like fixing the car with my dad when I was young. <laughs> it's just like. Um,
1: and I just feel like once again so many like shades of empire oh, this yeah. one goes here, really? that one goes there,
0: <laughs> oh my gosh well, um first of all it's just it's good to know that uh baby yode's uh his species is uh apparently like conductive, like yes. he got a, for all we know it was this very fatal shock, yes. and he just burped it off, yes. you know like babies do. <laughs>
1: He's just sitting there smoking after he gets shocked, but right. totally unfazed, totally
0: fine, just no, <laughs> no problem. He's like, "Are you okay?"
1: Well, it was worth the shots. <laughs>
0: uh, well, then we also get a nice little like small peek under the helmet, yes, which I thought was cool. I like the fact that like you kind of see you you see the growing bond even more in this scene because they're both sipping on their soup and like he's pretending to sip like him, and there's that point where they both sip together, mm-hmm. but he can also see that the baby Yoda is trying to. To take a peek under the mantle, he wants yeah. to see what ba- what the daddy looks like. Exactly, I, I thought that was very cute detail. Yes,
1: I agree. And what I also kind of enjoyed about it, uh, or well, maybe not even enjoyed, but there was an interesting callback because I, I think I talked in our last episode about how, like, you definitely hear. Like Bo-Katan and the Night Owls, like their helmets are like pressurized. Yeah, and I've never really noticed if Din's helmet was pressurized, and turns out it is.
0: Yeah, every time he takes it off or like does anything, just <laughs> little hiss. And we only, i think he only noticed it a handful of times, anyways, because he only because he only does it, it a few times. Exactly. Yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, but I um, like that. Yeah. Uh, so that leads into the uh, the, the shot of su-
1: yeah sub uh, cold open
0: yes with uh, Cara Dune uh, basically taking Marshall
1: out. Cara Dune to you
0: so there's so many Marshals this season yes. and I'm lo- I'm here for it yes everyone's a Marshal Marshall, uh, Marshall but-
1: Mathers
0: <laughs>
1: Marshals the store
0: oh my gosh well it is the season right but it's anyway, yeah, um but just like seeing here go- first of all this is this is another thing that I think I've I've said to you Andrew that you and I get this confused all the time Quarren and Aqualish yes The species don't look alike at all it's just the names that we get confused Quarren are the squid-like species they almost look like Cthulhu-esque beasts yes uh Eva confer- compared them to Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean that's an extremely
3: accurate comparison exactly I, I like Davy Jones meets Cthulhu that's it's true though. <laughs> that's it's a just, great description. It's just
0: the tendrils, you know. But so for that end, like Aqualish just sounds right. Aqua yes. in the name, it's a water creature, you know, just But goes they're
1: away. walrus man.
0: But they're a walrus man. And that's Baba. Tonde Baba. Ponda Baba. Pondababa. The, Pondababa. The, Pondababa <laughs> um I <laughs> The one who has a problem with Luke. You know, yes. he doesn't he doesn't like him for whatever reason. And one arm. Yeah, and one arm now. You know, but his like some of his species is down there wrecking up what used to be the armorer's little lair. Yes. And you even see the outline of the uh amandlo I crest up on the wall, which I yes. thought was a nice little detail. How long
1: was that there? Like, I feel like it must they must have been established for a long time on Navarro. Yeah, I mean,
0: probably, they decorated. Yeah, I was, <laughs> say, I was gonna say probably at least since the purge. Like we're if we haven't learned more about that yet, I'm sure we will. Yes. But yeah, at least around then, I'm sure. Um. But I don't know. I I thought it was cool to see that there was like used up, and then like she's just she's still just wrecking stuff. She doesn't she doesn't need anyone else to do it. Like she's she's handled like business. Yes. And just to see the turnaround that is Navarro itself. Yeah. Um. I love the fact that it's it's a thriving marketplace now mm-hmm. versus like the seedy underbelly that we saw in the first season.
1: Yeah. With like the stormtrooper helmets on pikes and. Oh
0: yeah. Well, just I mean, like uh, I I don't know. It just it seems a lot cleaner. Yes. That's another thing too. And I love the idea that like they have a school set up and just, you know, I don't know. Grief is actually a magistrate now in, in like in, in reality versus he's doing just clinical and work. And, clinical I, and I feel
1: like work. he's taking his job much more serious than like Lando ever did, for yes, instance. That's
0: also true. Lando is just taking bets. He won the he won the company. Yes. I'm pretty sure anyways. But who knows?
1: That is that is factual. <laughs> um before we move off of the Aqualish, are you familiar with like the different types of aqualish.
0: No. All right.
1: So there's a very fun holiday special tie in here. Oh, great. So, you know, if you think about A New Hope mm-hmm. when Ponda Baba gets his arm cut off, his uh you can see his hand holding the blaster. Yeah. And it's like a normal hand. Yes. It has five fingers, etc. But in the holiday special, the Dancing Aqualish <laughs> dancing with Achmina <laughs> One more round, friends. (laughs) Um, Another round, friends. uh, He has like flippers for hands, so there is a crazy controversy as to what is correct. And the reality is that there are just multiple, various like subspecies of aqualish.
0: Of course, there are. Yes, Uh, that's that's a perfect example of it too. So
1: all of these ones, and they say that this ties into their temperament as well. That flipper hand ones are a little bit softer. But the ones with, with hand hands, hands
0: are, more aggressive. are
1: more aggressive, which is why these ones have hand hands.
0: Interesting. I feel like this is like a, a Rick and Morty plot, isn't it? <laughs> isn't there like an episode oh, where something was, sure. is like someone's like there's there's like people who wear hats and people don't wear hats, like there's like just a crazy vendetta against each other or something like that. I feel like there is something out there, and I'm just completely missing the mark. But I yeah, don't know. No. Maybe it's a Doctor
3: Seuss. I boy. don't remember the plot of that episode, but it's absolutely true. I think it's uh like they they have different shaped nipples. <laughs> <laughs> the different the different races on a planet have different shaped nipples. There's something like and that. That's what the war is about, basically.
0: Uh <laughs> it's, it's tiny, tiny, tiny meals, tiny dishes, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Come eat a tiny meals. That's all I remember. Uh,
1: and then the other thing is. Did, is everybody like familiar with the one Aqualish that has a burned face? No. And, like what happened there? No. So to kind of flash forward to the title cards, where we get the like the concept art, mm-hmm. you can see that the ferret that they're proposing to cook up for dinner, yeah, is a lava ferret that breathes fire.
0: Oh, <gasps> oh, so it burned it. <laughs> yes, that's cool.
1: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So it's just a, a fun little.
3: I was going to uh, say, do we picnic. have an official uh, species name for that? Lava, lava Ferret. It's, it's Lava, <laughs> lava <laughs> Ferret. Okay. <laughs> that is I was about ferret. to say Space Ferret. But space <laughs> Ferret. It's it's up there.
0: Space sure. Lava Ferret. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So moving forward now, we yes, we have uh, the Razorcrest is landing on Navarro.
0: And only just mere moments like holding itself together. Yes. Uh, still holding on together with all the Mon Cala, uh, you know, upgrades, if you want to call them that. Yes. We'll call it upgrade. The,
1: the fish netting and
0: the ropes, <laughs> the ship's rigging, yes, everything short of being a man of war, yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, well, so after that, uh, they—that's when you know everyone does meet. And so this goes back to what we we're saying about Carl Weathers directing this episode. Now you said it before we started rolling, but go into the uh, what your note was.
1: So my very first note about the landing on Navarro is simply the close-up on the handshake.
3: Oh yeah. It, AKA, was a, it was a beautiful moment. Yes,
1: one of the most famous memes out there—the <laughs> handshake between Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in Predator.
0: Predator. Dylan, yeah, you son of a, mm. yeah, and it's yep. just claps it together. Yep, but yeah. I don't know. Uh,
1: it was beautiful. It, <laughs> it was such a power handshake.
0: Oh, yeah. He's like, is my credit still good here? <laughs> of course it is. You know, that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and my second
1: note, as we kind of also alluded to already, is grief's love for the child.
0: Yes. Like I said, he, he <laughs> wanted to get his hands on it. He's like, did you miss me? And he goes, oh, he said, yeah.
3: <laughs> Have you been treating him well? You've been treating him well? He said, yes, he yes? yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, and then it just walks through the town like everything's normal and all that. And then, like I said, just seeing just seeing the transition is is a very nice thing. It shows the growth of the town and all that. I like that. And not only that, but seeing a school in Star Wars is also very... Three, it's, it's
1: called 3PO school.
0: 3PO school? I was going to say, it's kind of jarring in a way. <laughs> yes. You're, I mean, we're so used to like, the dirt and grime of the Star Wars universe that once you see like, a spick and, like, spic and polished...
3: Little classroom of kids, no less, yes, with a C3PO unit, like programmed for etiquette. Yes, oh god, I love it. I, yes. I mean, I felt like it was a nice departure because the last time we saw children in a learning environment, uh, they were <laughs> Didn't asking, go well. Master. yeah, they were asking, uh, Anakin Skywalker so what, what they're we going to do, <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh,
1: yeah, th- I mean, like, that's truly the only other school environment that I can think of. I mean, I guess, like, in Last Jedi, for instance, we also see a little bit of Luke's academy
0: little bit not not as that's much as we true. would like yeah <laughs> which I'm,
1: also doesn't go very well so. well then there's
0: the only other one i could think of honestly is probably clone wars but that's at a very that's at a different scale of its own because well, it's the, all like they accelerated growth and everything like yeah. that but it's like a large ass classroom
1: and like yeah in the the terror of contemplating like the that class of padawans
0: basically there's so it's always
1: sp- bothered me a lot there's like Genodi and uh oh
0: my gosh yeah and that, the
1: wookiee it keeps you
0: up at night yes <laughs> not lumpy whatever they no, not lumpy that's not lumpy um uh we'll i don't remember them all off the top of my head but
1: yeah so so it was nice to see just a normal classroom uh they're talking about the major trade routes of the galaxy
0: Yes, they bring up the Hydean way, yes. and they also bring up the Corellian uh, route, I think, which is the one that's like made famous by uh, um, uh Han, right?
1: Yeah, and then we see uh, later on, like whenever we get into the scene with the the kid and the child, um,
3: <laughs> newest villain to <laughs> Those Star are Wars great lore, names. Yeah. <laughs> the kid. And the child,
1: <laughs> um, they they are definitely talking about the the process of making the castle run. It's true, uh, which is fun. They also Great.
0: drop little nods to uh, Coruscant as well, which I noticed. Yes, you know, which we don't we have. We, I mean, they say it a couple times, but we just haven't heard of it now. And they yeah. said that the capital is currently on Chandrilla. Yes, which is right. So, it's yeah. said it at that time because I think isn't it the way that it's set up is like the the capital is going to be moved from so like every so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. That's doesn't, why it ends up on Hosnia
3: Prime. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. like who hosts the Olympics. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. And it's you get it's, a turn. Yeah, and you get a turn. And it's the and same concept. They
1: bulldoze all of the affordable housing for people and then put up all of these temporary structures and then they never after take them down. Two weeks, they never use them again.
0: Yep. It's great yep. money. Great.
1: Great money if you can get it. All right. <laughs> so uh, next up we have the scene with the kid. And, and the child,
0: and so like I, I love that this was also another like one of the other first examples we got of the child using the force, but we didn't get to see it, right? You know what I mean? Like it was a, it was a clever little like play on it, mm-hmm. and I thought they did a great job. Uh, and it's just he's just so cocky about it. And I loved it. Just hmm, these are mine now. All yes. about those macaroons.
1: Yes, those. <laughs> and all I have to say is those macaroons look absolutely delicious.
0: I wouldn't be surprised yes, if they they're uh, they're like probably sold at. Galaxy's Edge right now. <laughs>
1: Probably. I you know I know, the I know there was like flavored. Yeah. I know somebody was offering them like online, but it was like to get one little kind of
0: yeah.
1: tinfoil pack like that, it was like fifty dollars or something. Oh, I'm sure.
0: Well we, we remember we were talking about this. They were scalping like the napkin dispensers and stuff. Well, like yeah. That. So I would not be surprised. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, as we go on.
1: I do feel like all of those children, not just the one kid, are kind of jerks to Baby Oda.
0: Well, they just stare little, at him the whole yeah, time.
1: Being a little xenophobic, I feel like.
0: Obviously. Let's well, see how to rip for you. That's it. They're just, they're just not as educated as the core worlds. Yes.
1: So in this, in, so now moving forward, uh, I mean, that's it's a great scene. I love every bit of it. But it was also kind of just like, I liked that they kind of subdued Baby Yoda's usage in the episode.
0: Yes, they didn't uh, make it like, you didn't see it come like over the desk or whatever. Like you just saw it was like a, <laughs> Blinking, you miss it exactly and that's and that's that, yeah. i appreciate that
1: and i feel like that's kind of the the most fun way to to kind of do some of his force magic exactly but anyway <laughs> next up we return to our titular mandalorian along with grief and cara and they're walking to the uh, magistrate's office
0: which we see someone familiar behind the counter. Yes. Another than Horatio Sands himself. Yes. He gets a name now. I don't think he had a name at the beginning.
1: Well, see, now here's something that's that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay. That's the race. Mithril? Mithril. Mithril. Yes.
3: Hmm. But
1: like, I thought consistent. that was the
3: magic armor
0: from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> that's Neithril. It's an N. Ah, but still. That, isn't it Neithril? No. Is it Mithril? It's definitely Mithril. Well, god dang it. I did get my Simmerillion out. Anyways. <laughs> but so yeah. anyway, sorry. that's... Sorry, sorry.
1: It, it is something that we... Like, consistently throughout the episode, they just call him Mithril. But that is... The like the species his race, names. yeah. All right, <laughs> so they,
3: that would be like one of us going, Hey, human, yeah, it's it's <laughs> derogatory, maybe then, yeah, because I mean, they do kind
0: of just throw it in his face a little bit each time. It's like, You got 350 years on your debt, sir, yeah. You know? I mean,
1: I don't have much uh, sympathy for white collar crime, so
0: <laughs> basically, but I do like the fact that this again, they 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 don't shy away from the makeup, the makeup looks great on them, and then the fact of the matter is, they every species is different. And like when he sees Mando and you see the like the like the nervous. Essentially, it's you made peeing. me ink. Yeah, he, he's essentially peeing his pants, which yes. I, I thought was like
3: really funny. Like he was misting a, his neck. It was a very clever thing. Yes. Um, but And, and
0: yeah.
1: I, I appreciate that the whole conceit of this episode is essentially like, hey, you're not doing anything right now. You want to. Do something fun with us? It's
0: like no, nah, not really. But yeah. All well. right,
1: we're gonna go destroy the imperial base.
0: <laughs> it's okay. I guess I'm coming along. Yeah. But uh, so we get we get that nice scene of them uh, going through the valleyway, and I love the uh, the speeder that they have. Yes. It's not the same kind that Luke has, but it's very similar. Yes. Agreed. Uh, I've heard people say that it might be the one that like made his obsolete. Right. You know,
1: the T sixteen versus it's the T
0: fifteen or whatever. Yeah. Some, something like that. Hmm.
1: For sure. Uh, But yeah, I I appreciate that Um, we get there and kind of the the hijinks that ensue with Mithral. Again, I think it's, I mean, it's once again like a well-executed like action comedy exchange with
0: Mithral. It's not too silly that it's like you can't stand him being there. Yes. But like he is just like, at one point it was just like, but boss, I'm drying out. And, you know, he's like, you could either get up here or you could go away. It's like. Well, could we make it quick? Like just the way he yeah. throws it in there, it was, a, it was a perfect little like throw at it. Yeah,
3: they definitely let Horatio Sands be Horatio Sands. Yeah, just do a little like little improv, and he pulled it off. Yes,
0: but I, I mean, this just goes back to what I think people love from this show is just sneaking around and just going up against stormtroopers and everything. This whole running through the base thing. First of all, when they get to the top platform where Din's waiting for him, like all the all everybody else off the elevator, and then you see Mithral. Like, exclaim, oh, what's what's the name of this ship? Do you remember? Marauder. A marauder. I remember him exclaiming for it. He's like, man, can you imagine how much money you can get on this thing on the black market? And as soon as I heard that in my head, my first thought was, like, or how much you can get if it's still in the box. <laughs> yes. Because, like, that's <laughs> so. I think that, or at least something similar to it, is an original like toy from a new hope. Yeah
1: the the troop the troop carrier. They, yeah, they, they never obviously appeared in the originals until movies.
0: season to season one episode eight, I think, or seven or whatever. That's when what yeah. they brought the troops in on it. Yeah,
1: and, and they do it in Rebels too. They utilize and, it. Oh
0: Rebels. yeah, that's true. But just seeing it like it's seeing him exclaim like that totally just made me think like, oh man, he's it's just a fun little. Another little nod towards, like, the collectors of the universe and whatever. Yeah. You know
1: but. Exactly. And it, it is... It reminds me that, like, the whole conceit of The Mandalorian is basically... Like John Favreau and Dave Filoni pulling out their toys from 1977 <laughs> yeah, and saying, seemed, "Like, okay, let's smash them together. What
0: happens?" <laughs> Basically,
1: I've heard this argued by the guys on Star Wars Minute, and like they're very much in that Gen X kind of age, like mid 40s. That right. you know, were kids during A New Hope, in kind of that same age as Filoni and Favreau. You just catching up. Yeah, and they just talk about how like they've always viewed sand people for instance as like a uh, a better character than they're portrayed in the movies because yeah. like that was one of the only action figures they could get in 1977 and so they like, had to put it to use so they're yeah. like oh these guys are just heroes of a different sort a
3: lot more adventures to go on they along can't with be yes. bad guys they can't be bad people cuz yeah. it's the only one i get to play with yes <laughs> they're the they're the true jedi yes. actually
1: so so I feel like you see that happen a lot in this series, in particular.
3: I agree.
0: You, uh, everyone gets their own fair share, like in the limelight, so to speak. Yes. Um, but I think this brings us to one of the most uh, interesting parts of the whole episode. Now, we've there's both- no guardrails. There's no guard. Well, there's no guardrails. I was
3: going to bring that. <laughs> I- he, st- he still chose to go out there, facing out towards the gap <laughs> and just shaving it. I don't know. It just.
0: I I still laugh at the fact that, like, even though it was still like Geonosian design, like, they put all that, like, no guide rail thing into all of their design, not just the Death Star. It's just ridiculous. Yes.
1: My note is written up as the nod to the Imperial design aesthetic.
0: Basically. Um, No, what I was going to say was uh, the point where they find the two scientists, and like, the one scientist literally just says, purge everything. Yes. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, what, you know, like, what. What could he be talking about exactly? And then you see for a split second something pop up on the screen. Whenever he says "forget about it," just destroy. It. He like pulls his blaster out to take care of the console, or whatever. There
1: was something hilarious about that sequence, though. Like, because if you notice, like the one scientist is shooting at them, yeah, and like the other guy is even more animated, just shooting at the console
0: because <laughs> he's just like trying to rush his thing through and make sure yeah. nothing gets caught up. So. This is a point where they realize that this is more than just a imperial holdout base. Yes. Uh, once the scientists are taken care of, they it's look It's a over lab. Yeah, they realize there's some kind of weird research going on. Yes. And that's when, uh, what's the gentleman's name, Dr. Pershing, uh, yes. his hologram plays, and we learned a little bit more about what's been going on.
1: Yes, we certainly, well, Din is introduced to a whole bunch of information that he did not know, that we as the audience did know.
0: A little bit anyways.
1: Yeah, well, I guess neither of us knew that Doctor Pershing was still alive. No, but we now Din knows that Gideon survived.
0: Yes. Well, I think you're glossing over the most important thing: M count. <laughs> yeah, M the, count,
3: the, the, you the amount of M and M's in one's bloodstream. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so macaroons. This <laughs> that's right.
0: This is the very first. This is the very first. Uh, like, like, I don't know, even introduced It's the first time they introduced the idea of midichlorians, I feel, since the Revenge of the Sith. I can't, I can't confirm or deny, deny that. Well, but I feel like that's it's a big step.
1: Yes. <laughs> I agree.
0: Is it's, it? Uh, I, I mean, can't think of anything else. Like, I, I can't think of Rebels or Clone Wars or yeah, anything like that.
1: I, I want to say there was something along the way where some like something in the new Disney canon where they kind of talk about, well, midichlorians were an idea but we're not actually sure that that's correct yeah that it was just a scientific hypothesis that's kind of been you know results are a little mixed
0: but here's the deal so them using the idea of what they call the m count they're not calling it metachlorians obviously to avoid like blowing a lot of people out of the water with like just disinterest but i like the fact that they keep the idea of it being a scientific compound more than just a life force you know just random magic, you know, mumbo jumbo. Yes. Like they they look at it from the scientific point of view, and I think that gives it more credence as to what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be just a unit of measurement for anyone who's trying to understand what the force is. Yes. Not so much what the force does. And I hope that kind of makes sense to everybody. I don't know. But I liked I like the fact that they didn't lean on it too much. They were just like, this child has a higher m count than most other donors and thus we need him but we can't take any more you know blood out of him without you know essentially just killing him yes and that's that i thought that was a very unique and cool idea and it just um i don't know i just all the info like you said just got dumped on us right there was just i mean i i want to know what what all was going on in that base what what else was happening like, yeah what was in that tank so that's another thing. A lot of people were thinking that that might have been an early version of what will eventually become Snoke.
1: Yes. My, uh-huh. I mean, my note is, what is in the lab? Clones, dot, dot, dot.
0: Close enough. Snoke's, that's dot, dot, dot. And this also, goes, this also goes to more like legend stuff, man. When we're talking about um, the Force Unleashed 2, like I know it's not great, but in the way of story and everything like that, they basically made mention that you cannot clone Force-sensitive beings because it'll just result in, you know, their minds being skewed. They go into this in the Thrawn trilogy, in the original Thron books, in the, th- in the original Thron trilogy, that, like, if a clone is produced too quickly, its mind will degrade and thus it'll kind of become insane and whatnot. Yes. Um, and so that's why I'm wondering it they're trying to do the exact same thing in Star Wars. They're able to clone other species with no problems, more or less, but like when it comes to trying to be specific about it and produce someone who's actually force sensitive, a Jedi or a Sith, if you will, you know, it's much more complicated. And I think th- I like the fact that we get to see how it plays out. It gives more credence to the rise of Skywalker and like that. That's
3: that's
0: what I'm getting at, man. Like I feel like it's just that whole like this is going to be their attempt to explain it all. So I, I'm interested to see what they have to say. Does that Baloney make sense? explains it all. Yeah, <laughs> basically. That was a good show. He had a baby alligator. That's right. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Andrew, as we were.
1: Yes. But anyway, so with the realization that this is an active lab and that things are not as they maybe seemed, uh, Mando decides that he needs to get back to town right now. Get the baby.
0: To get the baby. <laughs> So he jets out of there. Yes. Everybody else uh, runs back to uh, try and get to the speeder, but they can't get to it.
1: I'm really curious what you think the capacity for the jetpack is, because like we see in the like setup for this mission, mm-hmm. that essentially they're going halfway around the planet
0: to reach oh. this
1: imperial base. Oh sheesh! So did he really have enough fuel to like jetpack the whole way back?
0: Maybe. I mean, honestly. It's so it's a weird it's a weird gambit to talk about jetpacks in the first place cuz it's just hard to talk about what their fuel situation is. You know, it's either it's either infinite or just uh, enough to make it inconsistent. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they either never run out or they run out just when they don't they don't want to run out. You yes. know what I mean? Something like that. That's that is a very weird thing to bring up though. I wouldn't be surprised if they have some kind of weird explanation for that. Maybe it's just like some self renewing energy source that we just don't know about yet. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, uh, plausible. Yeah. It,
1: it, it a little bit. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not judging. Fair enough. Uh, the one thing else that I wanted to add is before we leave the base, we see some of these stormtroopers talking, mm-hmm. and there's something very peculiar about how they're talking.
0: Some of them sound like they're like straight out of a New Hope because they are. That's what I thought. <laughs> He's like, okay, we'll check it out. Yeah, so there like they are. The, blast them exactly die,
1: die. that that line, and I think the um, you know, charge uh, charge your battery or something uh, when they're like getting out of the elevator is also
0: check your chargers or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, I've heard it, and then they were talking about like the the Speeder series and stuff like that too. I, yes, I think they were, anyways. Yeah.
1: So anyway, that's a, a neat little trick, you know. Rather than getting another famous cameo, yeah, uh, they just were like, hey, how about we just actually take this stuff out of the source and put Do it, it in right here. back in
0: it. Yeah, it uh, sounds perfect. Yes,
1: I love it. It was cool. But so anyway, yes, we go now into the chase scene. Essentially,
3: they steal. uh What is it? The marauder. The marauder yeah, they, uh, they have to drive the Chekhov's gun back. Yes, basically. And uh yeah, that is a very good example of Chekhov's gun. That's I as soon as I saw it and it was under wraps, I went, okay. They're 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 driving that later. That's (laughs) yeah, yeah, they're they're gonna take it out here. This is happening. Yeah, and
1: we do see that scene like in the trailer even and True. Yeah.
0: See them do their thing. Yes. Um I so I like the I like the um the chase. I like the fact that the uh the the speeder bike uh pursuers are not as graceful as you would think. <laughs> no, yeah.
3: I, it was such a beautiful shot in that whole sequence when they start descending that hill. You thought it was just like, oh man, they're in for it. And then next thing you know, ba bonk, they just tip over each other. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, oh. and two
1: of them get taken out right away. It was perfect.
3: So even in a skeleton crew, it, it just reminds you how expendable stormtroopers seem to be, basically. Yes. To, to the fact where, like, none of them reacted Can't, like, oh, yeah. Kevin just died. They're like, oh, yeah. I guess, I guess we're just gonna keep going then,
0: or whatever. Yeah.
3: And uh, that was another great
0: shot of them. Like, So you had the one get taken out Indiana Jones style. Yes. he was like next to the tank. And the one guy crawling up on top, I thought was like a great little shot. I thought he was actually going to get shot out. But then he just blew up because he held the grenade too long, which is even better. But it was just yeah. like a, <laughs> a little laugh that Carl Weathers did. He's like, I directed that.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> was my idea. It was my idea. Yeah, And so. I, I also enjoy like him in the turret Kind of had like lots of shades of like Force Awakens. Even, oh, yeah, which yeah, is cool. yeah. And it's like, wow, we're at this point now where we're homaging the sequel trilogy.
0: Well, I mean, to that end, I mean, that's just it. I feel like that's just the Star Wars thing in general, just getting to the turret. And especially because they started getting chased by TIE fighters, like you're saying, to the end of Force Awakens or whatever. You know, it's that whole TIE chase scenario. And I like that. Um, I loved the idea that he was being chased by and then like the TIE fighter isn't just gonna explode, it actually crashes into
3: the back of the tank,
0: thus taking out their only line of There's sport.
3: consequences to you taking out that ship that's traveling at a high speed behind you. It's yes. so good. It's yes. so good. And then they're just like
0: there's the three of us, there's only three more left, what are we gonna do? And that's when you just start hearing it like that. I love the sound of his like if guns. Yes. Followed He's-
3: by heavy breathing and whee. <laughs>
0: The best dogfight I've seen in years, man. Yes. I was so excited, and it just showed. Like I said, Razor Crest is one of my new favorite ships. Yes,
1: exactly. And I mean, I guess as another small plot hole point is like, how did they fix it that fast?
0: Right. I mean, <laughs> how long were they on Navarro? That's the, like there's, yeah. it's a whole timeline thing. Like, because you saw at the beginning, like besides all the rigging and everything, there was a lot of just like mishmash panels that were just yeah. welded on the random yes. areas.
1: But somehow, like they must have had everything on site. Which is good. And yeah. for Navarro. That's a good way it. to attract some new uh shipping and trading and, and It'll all make of that the, sort of stuff.
0: The trade post in all the sector. That's what he's hoping. <laughs> yeah. The, for. Trade yes. the trade anchor. The trade yes. anchor. Not to be the confused with anchor head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my goodness! But yeah,
1: I mean that was awesome, and and it is nice to see the razor Crest back up and running. And
0: oh, it's I mean it, like I'm getting the same feels out of that ship that I do with the Millennium Falcon at points, just because it's like you don't want to see it.
1: It's that beloved hunk of junk, yes, that mm. you know does what you don't think it should be capable of doing.
3: <laughs> oh, just everyone's the, first beater car that runs ten years longer. Than that's it my should. yeah, that's my
0: 2002 Ford Focus, just like holding on for dear life. <laughs> my Focus hatchback, like literally just the hatchback. Back part of it just bouncing as you're driving down the road. That's what it's reminded it me vibrates
3: of. when you go to light speed. <laughs> oh, it's held together with rigging.
0: <laughs> um, but I mean, just if he does Anakin spin maneuver and takes yes. the guy out. It's just beautiful shots <laughs> yes. all the way through. Um, and then poor little Yoda, he was having the time of his life, and then he just Bleah, bleah, too many up. cookies so in, in the way of too many cookies that probably spoke to you you're like you know if you were like doing donuts in the parking lot on an icy day with sully in the back and he's just like what'd you think of that and he just you know yeah. spooks up everywhere He's like that's not good
1: as i keep saying every episode i feel like there's just so much cognitive dissonance that like i experience <laughs> by just like why is this show about me and my adventures in parenting
0: oh my
3: gosh it's just so cute though. and you're every
1: like, parent of me course. I'm not certainly the only one. that no. Getting into
3: gunfights. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Helping random strangers with 50% chances of killing me or turning double crossing me. Yes. It's just perfect.
1: Wherever I go, he goes.
0: Basically. Uh, so ultimately, uh, how did everyone see? Uh, well, first of all, I guess oh, we're we got, not we're done we're, with the episode. We aren't done. Yet. That's right.
1: Probably the two most impactful scenes, I would argue. All uh, right. Still to go. Let's hit it. So first off, we have the return of Captain Carson Teva. Mm-hmm and he's where he's somehow a space cop
0: Yes, he's like getting everyone's uh, reports on what happened exactly. Yes. He's 100% space good cop.
1: Yes. <laughs> Which well, means the Trapper Wolf must be space bad, bad cop. Bad he's, cop.
3: He's, he's not shown because he's somewhere else in a back alley on Navarro. Roughing up. He's shaking s- someone down. Yeah. He's got a toothpick in his mouth. He's like, where is it at? <laughs> he's physically, Where's the spice at? He's shaking someone upside down by their ankles for their, Where's for the their lunch tr- money.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so... I I I I I don't know how I feel about this because um I already know like the outer rim has like its trouble like, try like trusting people. Well, if yeah, like, and it's I think issues.
1: that is a a poignant um like dialogue from earlier in the episode where like uh, grief is basically talking about you know they, they to keep down the there. Empire couldn't like, police tame us. the outer rim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They what makes they the couldn't New couldn't Republic? Think? It. What do you yeah. think? makes Yeah. You, yeah exactly thank you for getting the right words but all the Um, same,
0: like i like the fact that he does come out there and he's like we got to try and work together he's not imposing like they're not imposing in any way like he's just like look we understand you want to be left alone and we want to leave you alone if you if that's the way you want it but like we got reports to cover we want to do this and that they're not like instilling a garrison to take over anything like that like it's just such a difference in authority yeah and that's why i'm like i wish that grief would take you know take him up on it but that's just how it goes well here's
1: here's my question stemming from this scene go ahead with,
0: uh teva is
1: he's unraveling a mystery mm-hmm. but which one
0: well that's also true We well there's so he said something to um car on his way out Saying, like, there's a lot of us think something's going on out here. It's like the core worlds don't believe it, but a lot of us do. I think when he's talking about us, I think he's talking about rebel veterans. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of like veterans in the New Republic are, are seeing little rumbles here and there, little like quake ups with different warlords and stuff like that. And also just the idea that there's an even bigger force lurking somewhere out there. And I think that's what he was getting off on, just being like, we think there's something else going on. I don't know what the mystery could be. I I feel like the mystery is just the idea that there's still more Empire out there. But what do you think?
1: Well, I agree. And I just I wonder how much it's all going to tie together if there's going to be sort of this First Order connection. Since we're not really I mean, we're still kind of in that aftermath time frame.
0: Um, Give or take. And honestly, at this point, it's about five years off. Right,
1: but, I mean, the events of Aftermath don't happen right after. I mean, they take place about five years after as they,
0: well. No, they, the time... Well, so the the first book takes place six months. It starts six months after Return of the Jedi. And the then, Battle of Jakku is later. Well, that's supposed to be a year later canonically, isn't it?
1: I don't know. I'd have to verify. But. I,
0: look, the last I remember, and we can totally check this out because I'm not calling you right or wrong, but the last I remember was just... It's Return of the Jedi, six months later, the first Aftermath book starts. From what I remember from Lost Stars, exactly one year ago to the day of the of the Battle of Endor is when they go in for the Battle of the Jakku, I believe. I could be wrong on that. I think our producer's looking it up right now, so we'll come at it later. Our
1: producer, hey, as we... though he doesn't have a name. All right. <laughs>
0: Brian's looking it up right now. Come on, I'm trying to make him sound official, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but regardless... That's so, all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And and so I'm just curious, you know, I think there's some idea that it's like, okay, he's really interested in Mando. And yes. if he pulls on that thread too much, he's going to find out about Baby Yoda. And it's going to lead to different types of issues potentially for our intrepid heroes. Do
0: you think this is in any way going to lead to Luke finding out about, like, the Baby Yoda and wanting to get his hands on it, so to speak?
1: More to say... I will have. <laughs>
3: so confirmation, The uh, according to Wikipedia, the Battle of Jakku was the final large-scale military engagement of the Galactic Civil War that took place in the year 5 ABY. Uh, it happened exactly <laughs> one year and four days after the Battle of Endor. Well, dang it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you called it. Whatever. So well,
1: that's also. Means I, well, I think we were both kind of right, though. Is what it actually comes down to. So it's it, it was essentially a year after Endor, yes. but it was like five years after the, the true Battle start of, of right, 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 the right, Galactic right, Civil right. War. So
0: because it it the, t- the other timeline between that is it's Star Wars to Empire is three years and Empire to Return is one year. One year. So that's four
1: years plus one, one year. It's five. But yeah. So anyway, it's all taking place at the same time. One plus two plus two plus one. Yeah.
0: Has anyone ever seen the movie Clue? It's been a long time. Oh my God! One plus two plus two plus one.
3: Got a raging Clue.
0: <laughs> Anyways,
3: that uh, cast for that movie—it's a great cast. We'll it's a great movie. It. That's another I digress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So, what's the
0: other scene that we see? So in now
1: movie? we go to Gideon's ship. Ooh. First time we see a live-action like Arkwrighton's yes command cruiser.
0: I saw that. I saw that, and I got very excited. I was like, I blew a few of those up.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Uh and also obviously very popular from rebels
0: and Oh yeah, yeah, little uh, little freighters. And yes, whatnot. I
1: I enjoy it. It's a nice it's a, it's aesthetically pleasing.
0: It's not a, it's not a star destroyer, which is also like unique in its own way. Yes. People are just like it's a baby star destroyer in that aspect. Like, yes. It's still a big enough ship that it's intimidating.
1: But anyway, we learn of some future More Chekhov gunning, essentially. Possibly. Potentially, in so far as the red mimban on Navarro, one of Grief's guys, I'll get my best guys on it, who just happen to be standing Standing behind. Right there. That's his
0: best guy. (laughs) Yeah. Just standing at the ready. Yep. With razor Uh, crest parts. Yes.
1: Is the agent. Yes. And he has planted a tracking device on the razor
0: crest. Classic Empire.
1: Classic.
0: So I heard I heard a lot of people resembling the uh, the, what's the species name?
1: Red Mimban.
0: Mimban uh, alien to the uh, assassin that Palpatine had in Ridge of the Sith. Or not Ridge of the Sith. um uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. You know, like, but that oh, one's more, yeah, that one's more of a yellow skinned alien than yeah. this one would be red skinned. Well, but this, maybe
1: he's also a mimban. Because, well, I, I mean, he's like, this one is specifically referred to as a red mimban.
0: Oh, it's a different tint. Okay. Yes. Well, because I was going to say that we also see, like, the other mimban I think we would know right now is from the squadron storyline Gunny. Yes. Gunny, yes. Is a Mim- yes. Red mimban. And that was like, I, I knew I recognized the species when I saw them, but I didn't. Like it, it didn't click until I played the game later. That, like, oh, yes, it I've I've I flew with them, you know, all this yes. kind of stuff. Um, but um, she
1: kept me supplied.
0: <laughs> um, but what the heck? I I like so. What do you think of the actual like dark? Do we get to that? Well, go ahead.
1: Well, so for those not familiar, I recommend the dark settings of the whole thing. Anyway. Yes, I recommend you go back to that scene and turn on descriptive audio mm-hmm. if you want to learn something. Okay. Possibly.
3: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. Uh,
1: so, uh, I'm I'm generally not going to talk about it here. I know we're doing like full spoilers, but
0: uh, oh, you want us to do it? Okay, we'll do it on our own.
1: Yeah. J- figure. Take. Check that out, and we can all reconvene on this at a later date. Okay, and it's just a little little Easter egg potentially Fair uh, left in there from the descriptive audio.
0: Well, all the same, I. When I saw them, I thought they might have been Death Troopers uh, yes. from like uh, Rogue One fame. Kind mm-hmm. of what I was thinking. Because they do show up uh, you know, towards the season finale of episode one, and I just figured, like, oh, this is the program in which they become Death Troopers or something like that. Yes. But uh, from what I've read and what I've heard through other sources is that these might be Dark Empire Dark Troopers or something along those lines?
1: <laughs> well, yes. And yeah. that's what the descriptive audio Tag is
0: oh well. If you don't want to go into it, don't don't worry about it. But that's that's what mm-hmm. I've heard and everything. But we've sure. kind of done it now. All right. Well, let's go into
3: it. What is it? Well, you've stepped into it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I
1: mean, honestly, we don't really know at this exact point. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be like the kind of uh, if they're going to be like force imbued types of soldiers, and that's why the research lab is trying to do something with M counts. Yes. Um, or if it's going to be. Uh, You know, so like the dark troopers are not, I mean, they're more just like cybernetically enhanced yes, super soldiers, which is more akin to like the the death death troopers. troopers, Exactly.
0: They're all cybernetics.
1: So no idea exactly how that's going to pay off, but Mm. it certainly feels like we're actually getting a little bit more of... Gideon's motivations.
0: Right. And it, and like, it goes back to just making perfect sense of just being like, well, yeah, like we can't make a perfect like clone of a Jedi or a Sith or just a force user in general. And they're trying to do like blood transfusions and all this kind of stuff. Like it's getting technical. It's getting very scientific. It is. And I, I'm here for it.
1: And it's building and it's growing. And and yeah. So, I mean, I guess to me, that's kind of the, the big takeaway from this episode is that there is still this Imperial remnant that is clearly, still has some you know delusions of grandeur if nothing else
0: not going away anytime soon yes all for it so yeah all <laughs> ultimately even for a filler episode i feel like uh there was a lot of uh info to be had yeah so mm-hmm. uh i don't know i feel like uh, is there anything else anyone wants to bring up i feel like that's a pretty good uh pretty good summation of everything we all like it yeah it was pretty good you like yeah, it? i liked it yeah well why not just end it there? I think we all liked it and we're all excited for episode five of this season two to come out and we could all talk about it. Uh, but for until then, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening and just checking us out. And hopefully you enjoyed us talking about this. Hopefully you enjoyed the show yourself. Uh, is there anything we missed? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to hear us talk about? Please get at us at our Instagram slash Facebook page. Just look us at, look us up at first podcast all one word or if you want to leave us a like or a comment or even just actually send us an email with any questions or problems or concerns in the star wars world you want to know just get at us at greeter shot first pod at gmail.com That's all one correct. word and then we also have a twitter handle at first greedo correct uh so you can get at us on there as well you
1: know what would be great we don't push this very often what's that if you happen to be on apple podcasts or whatever Consider leaving us some fresh reviews. Yes, please. You know we're back after a long break.
0: Uh, We could use. Hopefully,
1: we're feeling a little more in our groove now.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm hoping anyway.
1: A little less awkward than those first couple of episodes back, maybe. But uh, you know, so if you like what we're doing, consider leaving a review. Yes, Uh, please.
0: And like it it helps us. It helps us get up in there at charts, and uh, more people see it, and you know, hopefully, more people hear it exactly you know and then if you like it share us with friends and family that's that's what they say that is what they say but you know what uh after it's all said and done i just i know that i always have a good time did you have a good time brian i had a great time andrew you have a good time it's a boring
1: conversation anyway
0: i bet it was